Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now, let's go to this week's message. If you have your Bible, um, your iPhone, your iPad, your eyeballs, let's hold it up and let's make this thing, this together. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the Word. I confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient and I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Father, we come to you today, and we're just so thankful for your presence. People go to church all their life, and they never experience the presence that we just felt a minute ago. Wow, you're so awesome, God. We don't just rush through that and take it lightly, but we know that you're here because we've created place for you to be here. Now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would uh, anoint me, that you would do what I can't do. You draw people to you. You bring revelation to us in your name. Hey, we're going to finish out this series, Supernatural, but actually we're going to pick it back up in March on our first Wednesdays because we're going to go into this even a little bit more in detail. But if, I, if you remember the first week, I said, if we're going to operate in the supernatural, that means understanding the Holy Spirit. So that very first teaching, I talked about, let me introduce the Holy Spirit to you. A lot of us come from churches where they talked a lot about God the Father, God the Son, but God the Holy Spirit was never mentioned. He was sort of like a relative that you never really even knew about. So we talked about what does, what does the Holy Spirit mean. In the Old Testament, it's Ruach. In the New Testament, Numa, which means wind. He's the wind that motivates us, that gives us the ability to move. And then the second week, we talked about Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out. And we said we want to take away the scariness of Pentecost. Pentecost basically means 50. It was 50 days after Passover. And then last week, we talked about supernatural filling, that he said the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you'll be filled with power. So today I want to talk about supernatural gifting. Listen to this. Having the Holy Spirit available to us is not the same as making ourselves available to the Holy Spirit's life-changing power. Now, that's not in your notes, so you might want to take your camera out, shoot a picture of that, or go back and listen to this teaching again later today. But would you read it out loud with me? Having the Holy Spirit available to us is not the same as making ourselves available to the Holy Spirit's life-changing power. How many of you, I mean, I'll be the first to lift my hand, that I'm going to say that I need abilities beyond my own abilities. I need to be able to have the power working in my life on a daily basis, right? So we're not just talking about spiritual gifts for church service, but we're talking about in our everyday today life. I mean, what would it be like if, if, uh, if you're praying for one of your children and you're saying, you know, I don't know why they do this. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit would reveal to you the spirit that's behind what they're doing. Wouldn't that be valuable? Or even in our marriage, or even in our job. And so, we're going to say that the Holy Spirit wants to bring gifts into us to help us to live a supernatural life. Here's the definition. Spiritual gift is the special supernatural ability. Spiritual gift is a special supernatural ability, if you're taking notes, that's what goes in the blank, 
that God gives to believers so that together we can advance his purpose in the world. Spiritual gifts are not so that you can get spiritual goosebumps and you can perform and put on a show. Spiritual gifts are so that we can live supernaturally in a natural world and we can make a difference in people's lives. So we want to look today in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to begin reading in uh, verses uh, 1 through 4. Now concerning spiritual, that word there, spiritual, is the word pneumatica, uh, which means powered by the wind. Like if you have a, a pneumatic drill, it's powered by wind, right? So it says that these are gifts that are powered by the wind. And the wind is what? The Holy Spirit. So now concerning spiritual gifts, brother, I don't want you to be ignorant. He's not saying I don't want you to be stupid because he wasn't saying that. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be confused about spiritual gifts. I, I don't want you to be taught wrong about spiritual gifts. And then jump up over to verse 4. Now, there are diversities. That word diversities there just means kinds. I hope you're following along. I'm in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. So if you want to follow along in whatever Bible that you have. There are kinds of gifts. Charismata is a word there, and I'll give you the definition of the two of those in a minute. There are kinds of gifts, but the same what? Spirit, Holy Spirit. There are differences of ministries. That means ministries where you serve. It doesn't mean this church and that church, but it means how you serve. Many of you serve in a ministry. You, you, you serve. But the same Lord, that's Jesus. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God. Notice the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, who works in all in all. Look at verse 7. This is critical. But the manifestation of the Spirit, and those are going to be nine gifts that we're going to look at in just a minute. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Is given to whom? Each one. So he said, I don't want concerning spiritual, uh, pneumatica, it means empowered by the breath of God. And then in the verse 4, he uses the word charismata, which is the instantaneous enablement of the Holy Spirit in the life of any believer to exercise a gift for the edification of others. That's another place there you might want to shoot that picture because it's not in your notes. So let me share with you that the whole thing that we're talking about with spiritual gifts is to make a difference with your life. That's why we have growth track. Say growth track. Growth track is every first, second, third, and fourth Sunday. And the growth track is for anybody who wants to be part of the Father's house. Now, if you just want to come sip, sit, and soak, and never make a difference with your life, then you probably would never go to growth track. But if you're going to do anything at the Father's house, you need to go through all four steps of the growth track. Because you're going to learn about the vision of the house. But greater than that, you're going to do an understanding of your personality and your spiritual gifts that's going to help you make a difference. So if you haven't been to Growth Track, I really encourage you. I really encourage you with all of my heart. With how much of my heart? All of my heart. I mean, you may have come to the Father's house for years, but you've never been to Growth Track. I'm going to say to you, you need to go through Growth Track. Because in Growth Track, the things that I'm going to lightly hit today, they talk about more in detail, and they give you a book that explains those. Also, if you have a Spirit-filled study Bible, which I really would encourage anybody who wants to study more, you should have, 
Because today I'm going to talk about um, different gifts of the Spirit, motivational gifts, ministry gifts, and also motivational gifts. I'm going to hit those lightly. But if you have the Spirit-filled study Bible, you can go to the back of the Spirit-filled study Bible, and there's a whole chapter on Holy Spirit gifts and power. It talks about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Then it talks about the gifts of the Godhead, uh, the motivational gifts in Romans 12, the gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and the gifts of the Son, Ephesians chapter 4. So those of you who want to know more in detail, then I would encourage you, go to Growth Track and also then get you a Spirit-filled study Bible. So let's jump into this. There are three categories of spiritual gifts that I see. You might find more, but these are three categories that I want to talk about this morning. First of all, this is the fill-in, three categories. First of all, it's motivational. Say motivational. Motivational, motivational gifts. And that's how that, uh, what works in a, in a believer's life. In fact, it's found in Romans 12. I won't ask you to turn there, but it says there's motivational gifts, prophecy and faith and ministry and teaching and exhorting and giving, uh, leading and mercy uh, and all of those. So I'm, in the first Wednesdays, we're going to talk more about that. But manifestation, a minister, sorry, motivational gifts basically are the basic motivations of your life. They are the inherent tendencies that you have. They refer, they refer to what motivates you, how you see things, like through a set of eyeglasses. And we all have at least one of these gifts that lives within us. Most of us have a gift mix. For instance, somebody would come in, and if you have uh, uh, the gift of service, and you're always ready to help somebody, if you see somebody that comes in and got two or three sacks bringing the gifts down, you don't just stand back and say, oh my, look at that. They're, they have a heavy load. But what will you do? You'll come along and say, can I help you with that, right? Because that, that's your motivation. That's your motivation. Some of you that have the gift of teaching might look at somebody carrying something like that and say, you know what? If you balance those out a little bit, that would really help you. You can carry those down there, right? Or if you have the gift of mercy, you see somebody sitting by themselves, and you'd walk over to them and say, let me introduce you, myself to you. So they're motivational gifts. Those motivational gifts are given to us by God the Father. They're given to everyone. And then when you become a believer, they're only intensified. That's why some people who have used a lot, their gift in the church, and they leave the church and go out into the industry of, of whatever, God doesn't take that gift away because that's their basic motivation. That's why some people are teachers. That's why some people are, are different leaders of organizations. Those are motivational gifts that God puts in us. So we're not all the same, but we need all of those motivational gifts, right? So use the Spirit-filled study Bible, go to the growth track, learn more about that. The second are the minister, ministerial gifts. <clears throat> these are office gifts, and these are gifts given by Jesus. Ministry gifts are tools God uses to build or equip the church. Tools that God uses to equip or build up the church. And they're found in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. And this is Jesus. It says, he, Jesus, gave some. The Greek word there, some, is the word, and it's really critical, it's important. Anthropos, which is gender neutral which simply means 
he didn't just call men, but he also called women into these office gifts. So no matter what you hear on the radio or somebody that we have great respect for that says women should never preach, I'm just going to go back to chapter 12, verse 1 that says you shouldn't be ignorant. Not stupid, but ignorant. You don't see and understand the whole principle there. And so we've already settled that issue here at the Father's house. And if you're interested in that, I've got two research papers, one that I wrote and one that a Greek scholar wrote, all about women in ministry. Going all the way back in the church and can show you where there were women bishops and there were women apostles. And so if you have a little hang up in that, if you put on your connection card that you'd like to have a copy of that, we'll make that available to you. It's not easy reading. It's very deep. It's very theological. It's not shallow. It's not what Uncle Billy Bob says on the internet. So he says that he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of ministry. And those are often what we call ordained people, ordained people. So those are the ministry gifts. Now, what I want to spend time today is on the manifestation gifts. Say manifestation. Manifestation gifts, they're found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 12. And here's the definition. They are supernatural demonstrations of the Holy Spirit's presence and power. Supernatural demonstrations of the Holy Spirit's presence and power. Now, the list gift that I give you today is not comprehensive. There may be as many as 27 or more. The Holy Spirit still works, and there could be spiritual gifts that we don't even know of, uh, and that's here that the Holy Spirit is still working in people's lives. But I want to look at these manifestation gifts because they're very critical for where we're going as a church. Beginning at verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit all. Now, these manifestation gifts, no one owns or controls these manifestation gifts. You should never say, I have the gift of the word of knowledge. You should never say, I have the gifts of healings. Because these are not gifts that are residential. These are gifts that the Holy Spirit can operate in any circumstance, in any situation, with any spirit-filled believer. Now, the motivational gifts are resident. They are in you. They are in you. They're there. The uh, Ephesians gifts are there in you. But these gifts will be operated as the Holy Spirit needs to operate them. And what That's encouraging because that means that if there's only one or two of you somewhere in a group and a need arises, then the Holy Spirit can operate that gift. See it here? To each one for the profit of all. To one is given the word of wisdom to, through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit, look at this, works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills. That's critical in the Greek. In other words, it's not saying that he gives you something and that gift is in resident with you at all times. That means we'd be in trouble if you didn't show up on a Sunday. But it simply means if we needed that spiritual gift, the, the, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, can operate that gift through anyone that's here. Is, do you understand that? 
Do you understand? Is that clear? I, I, know, I know that we've heard, well, you know, I've, I heard that I've got this, this particular gift. No, that gift operates. And there may be times that that particular spiritual gift operates more in you than it does in someone else. Don't have time to deal all that today, but we're going to deal into that more on the first Wednesday. So let's look into these. I find, I, I divide these up into three categories. First of all, the discerning gifts. Second of all, the declarative gifts. And then the dynamic gifts. Let's look at the first, the discerning gifts. Or you might want to write this down, the perceiving or the revealing gifts. We're able to perceive, we're able to understand something. First of all is the word of knowledge. Say word of knowledge. That's to know something specific without having learned it by natural means. Knowing something specific without having learned it by natural means. Remember Jesus is at the woman, uh, with the woman at the well. And he says something about her husband, and she says, yeah, I don't have a husband. He said, rightly so. You've had five husbands, and the dude you're shacking up with right now is not your husband. How did he know that? That was a word of knowledge. That happens here on the stage all the time. Uh, uh, Jennifer or Andrea, maybe Anita, even myself sometimes, will say, you know, I just feel like there's somebody here that, you know, you, you're going through this and, and that, and the Lord wants you to know that you're going to come through that, all right. How, and sometimes the Lord will even give us a word or a specific thing. Sometimes we'll, we'll say, or Anita will say, especially because this gift uh, flows a lot in her life. She doesn't have that gift, but it flows through her life. She'll say, I, I just sense that someone on your left side, uh, you know, your, your elbow, and, and this is what's happening, and even sometimes calling out a name. How would we know that? That's just a gift. Can you imagine what it would be like if we had more of words of knowledge that would work? That when, you, when you're sensing something in your family, in your marriage, that the same Holy Spirit. Remember, these are not just for Sunday morning. These are to help us to live supernatural life. And so the second one is word of wisdom. Say wisdom. It's a divine answer or a solution for a particular event. Knowing the right thing to say. It's a divine answer or a solution for a particular event. Sometimes I've had this and, and I'm talking with somebody and they, and they share something with me that's so traumatic, I, I'm just blown away and I don't know what to say. And I'll just wait. And I'll just wait. And, uh, and then all of a sudden I just feel like I have clear, clarity that, well, maybe you should try this. Where did that come from? It, it's beyond my pay grade. It, it's a word of wisdom. Remember when they had the conflict with the uh, widows in the New Testament? And then James said, um, here's what we need to do. We need to set forth deacons. What was that? It was a word of wisdom to handle that situation. The second, the third one is a discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. This particular operation, a gift of the Holy Spirit, is the ability to distinguish between the works of the Holy Spirit or the presence of a demonic spirit or an, another spirit, if that makes you feel better. The ability to distinguish between the works of the Holy Spirit or the presence of a demonic spirit or another spirit. Remember Paul, uh, the little girl uh, that has the demons are following him around. These are the prophets of God. 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 And finally, Paul turns around and he says, come out of her and he cast the demon out of that girl. You see, what he did is that he had a spiritual discerning of the spirit inside that girl. And it wasn't an ordinary natural spirit 
It was a spirit from the devil. You say, well, but she was saying the right things. Yeah, but Paul didn't want some witch to confirm uh, what he was saying. All right, so therefore, after that, he could simply say, she could say, oh, I was just kidding. They're really not of God. This is not called the gift of discernment. I've heard people wrongly say, I have the gift of discernment. There is no such gift in the Bible. You'll never find the gift of discernment in the Bible. It's gifts of discerning of spirits. Discerning of a spirit. We are all called to be discerning, right? Most people I find in the 50-something years of ministry that people brag that they have the gift of discernment actually have the gift of criticism. Uh, and then they're always trying to correct people, like, thus saith the Lord. Listen, let me tell you something. When you're bold enough to proclaim, thus saith the Lord, you're walking on thin ice. I know, but yeah, we've had people say, thus saith the Lord. What, what would you say? I would simply say something like this. I feel the Lord saying. You know what that simply says? That simply says, I'm not perfect. I'm doing the best I can. But when I hear somebody say, thus says the Lord, this is what the Lord God would say to thee. I just feel like we need to be a little cautious. I know some of us come from backgrounds where that's a very, very normal thing. But I, and, I, and I think it's less scary to simply say, I just sense the Lord saying this. So anyway, just that's just, I didn't say that in first service, so somebody needed that in this service. And your name is, no, I won't say it. <laughs> the declarative gifts. <laughs> you thought you had me there, didn't you? False prophet. Stone him, stone him. The declarative gifts. It's prophecy. Prophecy. Prophecy is a message of encouragement from God through a person. Say it with me. A message of encouragement from God through a person. Prophecy is not giving somebody an understanding of what their future is. It may be in such a way that you say, yeah, you know, you're going to face some difficult things, but God wants you to know you're going to come through that. You're not standing up and trying to control somebody by giving them a controlling word. And throughout Paul's writings here, I don't have time to do it this morning, he says that if you operate in the gift of prophecy, you do it to edify, exhort, comfort, and to help people. In other words, it's not to correct people, it's to help people. So let me, we see that a lot here on the stage on, on Sunday morning, people saying, you know, let me just encourage you. I think this is, this is happening. Uh, all right, let's look at this. Tongues. That's the spirit-energized ability to pray, worship, give thanks, or speak in a language supernaturally. The spirit-energized ability to pray, worship, give thanks, or speak in a language supernaturally. What he's talking about here is the manifestation of tongues which is different than our prayer language or our heavenly language or a spiritual language. I'm not going to take time to differentiate those today. But what he's simply saying here, if someone speaks out in a tongue in a corporate worship service like this, they need to be sure that there's going to be an interpretation of that or they need to be quiet. Do you understand? 
There's order in, in that. Uh, so, but in my prayer language, in my personal time, then I am free to pray as long as I want. Now, again, I'm not going to go into those in detail today, but we will on the first Wednesdays. But Paul is not diminishing speaking in tongues. Write these, write these passages down. In 1 Corinthians 14 and 5, 1 Corinthians 14 and 5, he said, I wish that you all spoke in tongues. That's what he said. All. So does that mean that everybody would speak in tongues in a church service? No. Does that mean that everybody will speak in tongues in their personal prayer language? Well, it means you can if you choose to do so. It's, it's available, and I'll talk more about that in the future. He, uh, Paul thanked God that he prayed in tongues in his prayer time, verses 18 and 19. And then in verse 39 of 1 Corinthians 14, he explicitly warns against forbidding the exercise of the gifts of the Spirit of speaking in tongues. He says, don't do that. Don't forbid that, whatever you do. So we'll talk more about that later. Interpretation of tongues. That's the understanding and expressing the thought or the intent of the message. Some of you have never seen that. Uh, you've never witnessed it. But how it would simply work in a corporate service is someone would stand at the right time. Everything is directed by the worship set from this stage. People say, well, what if I just feel like I have a word? Should I just stand up and give that word? No, not on Sunday morning. You should bring that word to one of the elders sitting over here and say, I feel like that this is a word from the Lord. So if it's an immediate word, they'll judge that and say, okay, and they'll come to me and we'll release that word. But if it's not an immediate word, then we'll pass that on in some other way. But that doesn't mean that somebody just pops up at any time. Now, if we stop and say, I sense that someone has a, uh, a word of prophecy or someone has a, a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. And we pause for that. Or we could say, I feel like someone has a tongue. And so someone would stand, they'd speak in a language they've never studied, but then it would need to be interpreted for it to have the value that we need or it's not exchanged. So you see, we're not, we're not talking about losing order. We're talking about being controlled by the order of the Holy Spirit. All right, let's look at the dynamic gifts. These are explosive power. Faith is a supernatural impartation, not an everyday faith, but a supernatural impartation of belief and confidence for a particular situation. It's when, you, uh, it's when you're going through a difficult time and everybody's whining and complaining and crying, but in the inside of you, man, there's faith rises up. It's not like everyday faith, but it's unbelievable. Oh, come on. We can handle this. We can, we can pray about this. We, we can do this. Can you imagine what would happen if before we prayed for people, we would pause long enough and say, Lord, you said for us to desire spiritual gifts. And Lord, I desire right now a gift of faith to rise up in me. I desire right now the gifts of healings to rise up in me as I pray for that person. But I wonder, do we get so used to praying for people that we don't even really believe for an answer? We're just doing our duty. Just doing our duty. I, I've, I've come to a conclusion in my mind 
that when I begin to pray for people, I'm going to ask for the Holy Spirit to give me faith that's beyond my own faith. And I'm going to believe that when I pray for them, I see that healing. I see that miracle. I see that breakthrough. Can you imagine what would happen here in the Father's house? Now listen, we are to pursue the gifts of the Spirit, but we can't push the Holy Spirit. He works as he chooses to work. So that means when I lay hands on somebody and pray for them, if they're healed, he gets all the glory. If they're not healed, I just simply say, thank you, Lord, and I'm going to do it again. Here's what the devil's saying. Nah, 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 nah. You prayed for somebody. They didn't get healed. You ain't got no faith. You ain't got this. You ain't got that. And I just simply say, it's not up to me to direct the wind. The wind directs me. And if he sees in this situation to bring forth a healing, then to God be the glory. Amen. Gifts of healings, notice plural. It's not, you know, somebody says, well, I have the gift of healing, and they go around and do healing services. They may have an anointing for healings. There's different anointings that ministries have, but they don't own the gifts of healings. And it's not singular, it's plural. It's supernatural endowments of divine health, or it's healings that God performs supernaturally. I mean, when the Lord healed me from this lung cancer, there was no explanation to that. That wasn't a toddy that I took. It wasn't, you know, this or that. It was a supernatural healing. Supernatural. And then miracles, plural, plural, miracles, working of miracles. That's a divine intervention that alters our natural circumstances. Something happens that we naturally can't do. You can't naturally calm a storm. Jesus did. You can't naturally take five loaves and two fish, and that's right, five and two, right? Five loaves and two fish, and uh, feed over 10,000 people. That's not natural. That's not normal. That was a miracle. How many of you have ever had a miracle in your life? You see, there are some people who, they have the belief that all of these gifts of the Spirit cease with the last apostle. If that were true, then if anybody had one miracle, then their theology would be wrong. But I'm going to tell you, we believe not in the cessation of the gifts of the Spirit, but in the full operation of the gift of the Spirit. Can, I say a, can you say a hallelujah? hallelujah? So let's look at next steps. What do I need to do? First of all, I need to discover the gifts that God has for me. Spiritual gift is not a talent or not a natural skill set. So how do I discover? How do I discover my motivational gift mix? Go to growth track. Pray. Ask God to show you. Do the personality gift assignment. Do the spiritual gifts test. God's design, here's the next fill in. God's design in me reveals God's destiny for me. But if you don't know the design that he has in you, how are you going to live that life for his glory? That's so very important. Second of all, next step. Desire the gifts that God has given me. I desire the gifts that God has given me. I, uh, in between services, the Lord reminded me to go back over to 1 Corinthians 14. So would you flip over there? I didn't do this in the first service. 1 Corinthians 14. Pursue love, because everything we do, chapter 13 was all about love, and desire spiritual gifts. That word desire, again, if you have a spirit-filled study Bible, it gives you the Greek word, zelo. Here's what it means. 
to be zealous for, to burn with desire, to pursue ardently, to desire eagerly or intensely. So he says, I want you to desire spiritual gifts. Pastor Tim and I were talking about this earlier. And I asked the question that the Holy Spirit asked me. What have you been praying about in your prayer time? Well, Lord, I ask you to heal um, Sean. He's been sick. I ask you to heal Judy in, in the hospital there, and I ask you to do that. And Lord, would you, uh, would you take care of this? Would you take care of that? Then all of a sudden, I just heard the Holy Spirit say, if you're not desiring, pursuing ardently spiritual gifts, it shouldn't be a surprise that the spiritual spirit gifts of the Holy Spirit are not working in your life. That you're operating in the natural. So you know what? I'm putting at the top of my prayer list today, I desire the spiritual gifts that God wants to operate in my life. What would that be, Pastor? You go out to lunch and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, just not weird, just comes on you and the waiter's there and you say, you know, I hope you don't think this is really strange or weird, but I just really sense that you've been going through this battle and you specifically tell them what it is. How would you have known that? Through the Holy Spirit. But if we're not, if we're not being perceptive, if we're not being open, what would it be like? What would it be like if, you're, if your son or your daughter is really acting up and doing crazy things? What would it be like if you prayed, Holy Spirit, give me a discerning of spirits so I know what this is. And all of a sudden, you, you, you ask them, are you hanging out with so-and-so? How did you know that? How did you know that? How would that change our life? How would that change your business? When you're facing a, a, a decision, you don't know, what should I do with the business? And you stop long enough to allow the Holy Spirit to bring you a word of wisdom. As Anita says, either heal it or reveal it, Lord. You know, one, one or the other. But I just wonder. Say this with me today. Only God can make the wind blow. Only God can make the Holy Spirit or allow the Holy Spirit to blow in our life. We can study the Bible. We can learn all the spiritual gifts. We can plan and pray a worship service according to biblical guidelines, but we have to rely on the Holy Spirit. We cannot force Him. We obey, we pray, but we allow Him. And we don't give up. We don't blame somebody or blame someone, or we don't say, well, the gifts are not for today. But here's what I'm resolving. I'm resolving every day of my life to take the little boat of my life out to the lake and hoist the sail. And say, Lord, it's going to be a long day unless you fill this wind, this sail with your wind. Can you imagine what's going to happen here at the Father's house when we get dependent on the Holy Spirit flowing through our life, filling us with that? Wow. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you today. For the presence of your spirit 
few minutes ago in worship service, even when it got quiet, you were just, you were just moving and touching and healing and encouraging. Lord, you, would you forgive us for the confusion maybe that we've had in our mind about the Holy Spirit? Would you forgive us for the times that we uh, didn't pray or desire the gifts of the Spirit, but we just tried to do things in our own? Lord, we can't do what you want us to do without the spiritual gifts. So we ask you, Lord, to come fresh. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you're here today, and your next step might be that you need to make a connection with Jesus Christ. You know today that you're lost without him. Jesus came to this earth. He died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins. He paid for your sins. You have a choice in life. You can either pay for your sins yourself or you can let him pay. If you choose to pay, there has to be a death. And that's an eternal death in the lake of fire and brimstone. But today, Jesus is knocking at your heart's door. And the Holy Spirit is drawing you and saying today, surrender your life to Jesus. Know him personally. Not religiously, but know him personally. And I know there's some of you that are here today. And man, more than anything else, I want to pray with you and for you right now. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'm just going to ask you to do something very simple in a minute. In a minute, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and make eye contact with me and say, Terry, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Or maybe I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. And I know he's drawing you. I know he's speaking to your heart. I know the Holy Spirit is saying, today, today, you, you need to take care of this. Because he'll forgive you of your past, your shame, your wrong. And he'll give you a purpose for today. And he'll give you an eternity settled with him forever in the new heaven and the new earth. So listen, I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. I can, I can hardly wait to pray for you today. So if that's you, would you just raise your hand and make eye contact with me and say, that's me, Terry. I need to get things right with Jesus today. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Others today, just lift your hands. Thank you in the back. Thank you. Thank you over here. Others today, say, I don't understand it. It's like, thank you. It's like I'm being drawn, like, by, like, like a magnet is drawing me. I don't understand it, Terry. Do I have to understand? No. You just, need to un, you, just need to, you just need to respond and say, yeah, that's me. Others today, thank you in the back. Others today, with these four, would say, yeah, that's, that's me. That's me. Or maybe you're watching online right now. You say, yeah, that's, that's me. That's, that's me today. Pray this prayer with me. Those of you who raised your hand, and those of you who wanted to raise your hand, but maybe you didn't. Pray this prayer with me out loud. Father God, thank you today for your son Jesus. The greatest gift that you gave is your son to forgive me of my sins. And I know it's my choice. So today, I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to come into my life. I need you. Fill me with your spirit. And as best as I know how, I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. 
To find out what your next steps will be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.